Special thanks to everyone who pledged money to crowdfund the show this week, including Matt Lacey, David Walker, Tim Edwards, Ilico Elia, Andy Hagen, Jamie Holland, Roland Roberts, Ian Wilkinson, Alistair Harding, Dan Lane, Ian Mercer and John Balshaw. There's a full list of our supporters on 361podcast.com, along with information on how to help us for as little as $1 per episode via Patreon. Welcome to 361, a weekly podcast about mobile tech and the world around it. My name is Ben Smith. I'm Rafe Blanford. And I'm Ewan McLeod. This is Season 15, Episode 5, and this week it's our Christmas special. We revisit the ghosts of Christmas past. We talk about our gift guide recommendations. And we share some variable quality cracker jokes. Welcome back, chaps. Happy Christmas. Woohoo! Yes. Happy Christmas, you and McLeod. I was momentarily flummoxed there. I was trying to think of something Christmassy to see. Well, Merry Secular yeah. Winter Festival, if that's your no, thing. Merry Christmas, Ben. <laughs> that's it. Ho, ho, ho. That's it. Happy Hanukkah. Season's uh, greetings. Kwanzaa, congratulations. Hope you're all having a lovely, a lovely Christmas and or whatever else you might be celebrating. Do you want me to say I can sing the Coca-Cola advert? Uh, don't. No, I think no. will basically be the gift. That could be the Christmas present for everyone. The greatest da, da, gift that we could all receive da, da, this Christmas is yeah, da, da, is not hearing da, you sing. Okay. So, how are you, Ray Flanford? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I'm enjoying the season. You're enjoying the season? Yeah, three weeks ahead of time. Well, obviously, we're, doing, we're pre-recording just slightly before Christmas, but with our new compressed recording schedule, brackets, one that was delayed, brackets, the thing broke, brackets, Ewan lost his microphone, brackets, yeah, found it again. We're slightly on a slightly more compressed time scale now, but that's all good. You, yep. McLeod, you are looking very spiffy with the executive hair there. Thank you. What can you tell oh, us about you. Copenhagen this time of year? Stephen says hi, by the way. My hair is stylist. Just, just no. No. Right. Anyways, uh, uh, all he's, the he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Thank um, you. Uh, hello, that's Stephen. Kind of Please pass on our commiserations to him for the line of work he's found himself in dealing with your hair. He's really good. He's really good. I've got to see him shortly just to make sure it's really good. It's Christmas time in Denmark as it is in many other places oh, so and insightful <laughs> they do it shock horror time, time it, in Denmark same as rest of the world <laughs> so you, you heard it here first and indeed last because no one else tells you these things they do really really get going for Christmas uh, here in Denmark and it's uh, very nice been to Tivoli in the dark it gets dark here very very quickly I'm going to have a 361 whip round to buy you and some lights because apparently he spends his entire life telling us how dark it is. But. I'm trying to say something that Blanford won't just laugh at. Keep trying. But there's lots of hooge going on. Is there? And you know hooge or okay. higgy. Higgy. Higgy is the Danish thing for, um, you know, just uh, warm feeling, spending time with one's family and, and close friends and, and just having a nice time and sitting around with candles and blankets and things like that. I, th- I think that's the most Spending time with description family, of basically. Danish culture I've heard, and I certainly not, don't have any follow-up questions or indeed any clarifications to ask there. Oh, please make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. So, yeah. uh, Ewan, you were in Helsinki recently, weren't you? I was. I met somebody uh, in Helsinki uh, a few years back who was a flight attendant, and right. uh, I met them at the airport. And afterwards, yeah. I thought, oh, they must have been a ghost, because um, when I dropped them off at the airport in, from my car, yeah. they just disappeared into thin air. <sighs> I'm going to apologise now to our listeners 
There is an unfortunate plan to sprinkle this episode with Christmas cracker jokes because it's one of Ben's favourite things to tell us really um, great jokes. And we do have a list that we'll be working through. So apologise for that in advance. Well, to be, to be honest, Rafe, really, all I want to do is share my great lifelong ambition that I want to work in health and safety in a cheese factory. Oh, and why is that? I'm not yeah, going to let anybody yeah. stand in my way. Yeah. Okay, that was quite good, actually. <laughs> no, I, I have to say that many, many of these jokes, indeed most of these jokes are not mine and are stolen. But uh, it amuses me. Hold on a minute. I didn't get that one. Way is standing my way, you and W H E Y. It's part of the cheese making uh, process. These jokes are definitely funnier if you explain them, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, sad news, though, right. of course. My wife's cat died. I'm sorry to hear that. But- yeah, I bought her another one and she was livid. What? She said, What am I going to do with two dead cats? Right. Why was the turkey in the pop group? I don't know. Did you see anyone with drumsticks? <laughs> oh, my God. What do you call a chicken with uh, lettuce in his eyes? I have no idea. A chicken sees a salad. Oh, cool. no. okay. okay. Right. All right. Okay. Enough. More of Enough. those later. Okay. Before we go on this episode, we just wanted to throw back. Uh, we haven't really done any sort of look back episodes, but back this time in 2012, we were doing a Christmas episode wow. called Naughty or Nice, where we looked at all the things that were pleasing us and upsetting us about the mobile industry at that time. And I thought it was just interesting because it was five years ago. Can you believe we've been doing this nonsense for more That is than a five long years? time. Uh-huh. Well, also bear in mind that was season four five years ago so oh my yeah. so did 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 i have a child when we started this not during the podcast as far as i remember but i don't probably wow yes. you, yeah. I don't no, know, not during, you, no. I don't know. i'm just slightly curious do you actually know how old your children are would that not be the simple way of answering that question no i do i do know archie is seven but i'm, I'm so work, this was five years out. ago so therefore basically no 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 when we started the podcast that was uh, season four okay so, and, and of course, the seasons aren't per year because we're, we're doing two or three in a year, for example. Quick joke about time. Do you know what the best thing about having a time machine is? No, I don't. If you lend yeah. it to someone, you get it back straight away. Uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's definitely true. Anyways, so five years ago, uh, we've wasted our lives for five years doing this nonsense. But guess what we were talking about? I've no idea. Well, you and McLeod, we were talking about the Snapchat. Would you believe it? Wow. I had completely forgotten we talked about Snapchat, and you were a big proponent of Snapchat. You were telling us all about it. So if you want to hear that episode, I'll link it in the show notes so you can go back. Wait a minute. That reminds me. We were going to do more of a Snapchat challenge the rest of this season, which you've conveniently not reminded me about, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. So um, season four, episode eight, if you'd like to go back and listen to it on the the website. Back to Snapchat. But Ewan was enthusing about Snapchat. There you go. Visionary. And he was explaining how it was this new ephemeral picture sharing site. And um, yeah, you were very, very pleased. Well, Ewan's always been ahead of the time. In this case, very ahead. But I will point out that we did earlier in the season start playing with Snapchat. And uh, Ben basically said there needed to be a redesign. So I noticed that recently Snapchat, as part of the shareholder called Evans Beagle, specifically announced that he'd redesigned Snapchat just for Ben. So we are going to have to come back and revisit Snapchat in a future episode. We are going to have to revisit Snapchat in a future episode. Although it's also nice to know that we spot the trends five years in advance and then, and then come, back, come back to report about them well after the fact they've become a thing. So what else were we complaining about? Well, Rafe, yeah. you were deeply exercised about Google turning off Exchange ActiveSync, which in retrospect doesn't feel like the sort of thing I'd want to talk about anymore, but maybe we've just all outgrown it. No, well, maybe I was just a little bit obsessed by such things at the time. He was still a Nokia boy at that point. Well, not just a Nokia boy, although, yes, definitely, I think you were. Nothing really worked well with everything else. So when somebody like Google started to support Exchange ActiveSync, which was the way to get 
contacts and calendars and stuff reliably synced onto your Nokia devices. It felt like sort of a gift from the gods and you were so jealously guarded it. And then it didn't take long for those companies to realise that it was a competitive advantage and they could use it as leverage. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, back then, actually, it was all about the apps and stuff that happened locally on the phone. Now, if I think about all the things that are most valuable to me, it's kind of the cloud sync, the fact that the phone can just be set up again in a matter of hours. And that's, you know, happens also between things like iCloud and Google Drive, just having settings going back and forth. And you just don't think about it anymore. Incredible amount of value in that. And you're right, that's why I was getting excised about that. What phone was he using? And also, back then, email just wasn't that reliable on the phone in terms of having push. Now it's kind of taken for granted that your phone will either kind of do it through the mail client and it just works. But, you know, BlackBerry built the entire back of their system off having that work and there was a cost associated with it. The fact that Gmail was doing it for free was a big deal. Well, you and you, you asked what phone we were using and I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't take a note. I mean, it was definitely definitely Series 60, S60, sorry, probably at that point, we were all talking about. But the episode after, Season 4, Episode 9, I noted when I was doing my research, what did we talk about? Probably the E63. We talked about Ubuntu Mobile. Ooh. Do you remember oh my gosh. where you, me and Rafe were all in the launch video saying... Well, I don't think we were saying the things we were actually saying because we were interviewed for about 10 minutes and then they cut out words like good and interesting and where I was going, oh, I'd be interested in having some of your free cake now and they cut out the word interesting. <laughs> and so we did a whole show about why was Ubuntu getting into mobile and, well, a little while ago they killed that effort. So that was a, an interesting foray for five years. So that, that was fantastic. And then uh, finally, it was just around the time that 4G was launching in the UK and I was saying, don't bother paying for 4G at this point because it's very expensive. EE got their license early. And we were saying, oh, just pay for high-speed 3G. And nowadays, I think I'm deeply upset when I don't get blistering fast 4G. Uh, isn't it quite interesting how quickly that's changed? Because uh, 3G felt like it took a long time to go mainstream. And now, you know, 4G, and we're talking about improvements to that as well, it really does make an enormous difference. And I know I, oh. I do look in the top corner of my phone and go, yes, that's what I want. Okay, so we should get on with this Christmas episode. Uh, Rafe Blanford, I'm going to give you the luxury of one of the Ben Smith jokes, so... Why can't Christmas trees knit? I don't know. Because they always drop their needles. Mm, I'm going to give that a solid C-. minus. Okay. okay. <laughs> so it's incumbent upon many of us to buy gifts for those around us, so we often give our Christmas gift guide suggestions, and so you, McLeod, you should go mm. first. What do you recommend right. as your top Christmas gift suggestion? My top one is, now this is around 150, 160-ish pounds or equivalent, and that is the Apple AirPods. Boring. I think they No, influencer. I think they, these are things that, thank you, influencer, right? I think these are a rather useful, because they are expensive. You know, it's, you do want to be making sure you've, um, um, it, 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 that you don't lose them. Come on, say it. Yes, 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 because I did lose my first set of AirPods. It's very annoying. How many sets have you lost now? Only okay, one set, okay. but that has made me extra specially paranoid about patting my pocket every five minutes to make sure I've got the AirPods with me. But I do love them. They are really cool. They are very, very useful. You were right, Rafe, when we saw you wearing them. They are very nice to wear. I think they're a real extravagance. They're a nice thing to, to be given, I reckon. So any, I think any male partner, and this is, we are, probably shouldn't be too genderish here, but you know, I think the man in your life, well, I think, I I think, think anyone we, would want these, honestly. Um, well, really I was about to then say, because well, Hetty was delighted with hers. Yeah. The yeah. other thing I think is kind of, because 
more people are wearing them now, the kind of social acceptance has gone up a bit. So you feel like slightly less of a pillock wearing them. I've got a story to share about AirPods. I noticed mine were very dirty. They were collecting kind of lint in my pocket. So I decided to wash them, maybe somewhat inadvertently, but watching them go around the washing machine was quite a sobering experience. But they did come out very clean and they're still working. You put your AirPods through the washing machine? Yeah. Not deliberately. Well, no, not really. And they came out clean. Clean and more importantly, working. Yes. And in fact, I put the case and the earpods in the machine. I was quite surprised. Was it because you put them in the case? Did the case protect them? I think to some extent. And the case didn't work when I got it out, but I let it dry out and tried it a few days later and it's all hunky-dory and they've been fine ever since. Okay. Well, I thought when I washed my Nokia step tracker thing, which actually is waterproof, and that came out working, but that was, uh, that was a miracle. Also, I did 50,000 steps that day as well on, on a spin cycle. <laughs> but, uh, I thought that was a miracle. But no, that, that, is, that is fantastic. And actually, no, you and I think for us, it's not a particularly exciting gift because we've talked about how amazing they are in recent episodes. Hmm. 150 quid is quite expensive, but actually, I think you're right. If you're at a loss. It's a yeah. bit of a luxury. They are really excellent. Like They have absolutely changed my convenience of listening and wearing my headphones when I'm out and about commuting and this kind of stuff. They're super convenient. And actually, I think particularly if somebody's got an Apple device, they are really brilliant. Well, the setup is seamless, you know, and that means that, you know, for parents and the like, relatives that, yeah, so I think my dad would love them. At a stretch, my mom would probably use them at a stretch. Okay. Let's move on then. Rave Blanford. Your yeah, top what's yours, gift? Go well, we, we've talked a lot about Alexa and Echoes and Google Homes and all that sort of thing. So I still think it was kind of a thing last year, but now that there are a lot more variations on models of Echoes and actually Google Homes, they make a pretty good Christmas gift as well. And there's also a lot more skills and a lot more accessories that work with them. So for family members that don't have one or already have one have expressed a desire to have a second one for the bedroom or something else, You've obviously had the new model of the Amazon Echo come out. The price is now down about 80 quid, so it becomes a much easier present to buy than when they were sort of up over the £100 mark. You've still got the cheap, or relatively cheap, Echo Dot at the sort of 50 quid mark. And actually during the Black Friday sales, there was £20 off both of those. There's third-party ones, kind of the UFI, which is a kind of brand of Anchor, I think it is. And then uh, the Vobox and various others. For Google, you've got the Google Mini, which again has been available for about £30 or so, all of which I think make a really cheap entry point into that kind of voice assistant in the home. And I mean, I use mine a lot now. Admittedly, it's still mainly voice commands and I get a lot of value out of it because of the smart home. But the one I actually want to talk about is the Echo Show, which I picked up because I was kind of curious as to how it worked and actually adding a screen kind of, as you might suspect, you do end up using it for a few more things. You know, uh, when you want to, it also prompts you to say certain things. So the thing that's probably surprised me most is because it says you can say this or it flushes up news headlines, I tend to use it a bit more and I I find myself adding additional commands into kind of the regular vocab that I'm using with it. It is also beset by some irritation. Amazon and Google have kind of fallen out so they won't let each other display their services or sell the product. So you can't get YouTube on it easily. So. Yeah. That's frustrating, and that kind of goes back to the grumpy things that we were recording from the earlier episode. But I was also at a, an Amazon kind of developer conference recently, and they demoed exactly what the Google Home does, working with Chromecast, but working with the Fire TV stick. 
And I think that will be a pretty big deal when that happens, the fact you'll be able to talk to the Echo in your living room and tell it to show things on your Fire TV stick. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I have noticed with the Google Home, I ended up using that to watch a lot more things like trailers for movies that had just come out or videos that someone had mentioned in casual conversation. And so it's kind of voices that almost gateway drug to doing more things in the smart home or more things in maybe the connected home more generally. So I think all of those things, and you know, there's more skills coming out all the time, be it you know, National Rail or Christmas songs or cooking or whatever. There's actually in a couple of uh, online supermarkets now that have uh, built-in Echo support. So you could obviously do your grocery shopping through Amazon, but it was quite limited, at least in the UK. You can now shop through a Podo and uh, Morrison's is the, the other yeah. one. Maybe neither of them my particular choice of supermarket, but fantastic that you can do proper everyday shopping without needing to change the store. That's really cool. Do you mean Ocado, yeah. by the way? I do yeah. mean Ocado. Sorry, Podo is the travel agent. Yeah. The wrong one. Yeah. And what's interesting, I think, is it's a product that you kind of associate with having a certain set of functionality when you buy it, but there are constant updates, just as we've mm. seen with smartphones. But it's almost been more profound with the Echoes because, you know, Honestly, they were quite simple when they first came out. And so they've got kind of more room for expansion. So recently they introduced the ability to do calling, for example. Obviously with the Echo Show, it's kind of video calling as well. It's dead simple, easy to set up. They now do multi-room audio in terms of music. You can now also use it to control your Sonos and have Spotify play back on that. Get a light bulb with it. Yeah. Actually, that last one's been a big deal for me because having invested in Sonos and have decent quality speakers, the fact I can now control them via voice, using them much more than I used to. It was a bit flaky at first. I would still describe it as being in beta, but it works. And actually just issuing a command and then having your house or your flat fill with music from your Sonos is a, a really nice thing. Slightly more mundane level. They look nicer now. They do. They do. Yeah. What we jokingly call on, you know, wife acceptance, but, you know, for me, if I bring a piece of technology into the house, it needs to look like something that's not too nerdy and unpleasant looking for the people who aren't interested in the gadget factor. And for me, that that is my yes. <laughs> that is my wife. But you know, it sort of keeps us honest that you're not putting these ugly lumps of plastic around the house. They look quite attractive now. And even if everything else lets you down and you're not into the voice assistant, they're actually really capable Bluetooth speakers that you can use just in everyday mm. you know music playback from from a device. So absolutely, I think they're a great gift. I want to move on. I've got two suggestions for my gifts. Okay. Go on. But actually, I want to go down the price bracket a little bit because we've suggested two gifts there that were quite expensive. It sounds a bit mundane, actually, but I think Apple recognized a trend that, as always, you know, others had pioneered first, but it's worth calling out. And that's actually seasonal colors and styles of watch straps and phone cases and iPad covers and those sorts of things. And it's obviously really clear now, and Apple are making it very noticeable because they've included it in their advertising, but you know, other device types will do this as well. The cases and, and straps are now becoming a fashion item with seasonal colors and patterns and co-branding and those sorts of things. And actually, if you go into an Apple store now, there's quite a cluster of people around that multicolored display, mm. choosing colors and things like that. And actually, you can give, I mean, smartphones are expensive enough, but you can give a device a whole new look and you can make sort of revitalize it simply by buying a new color. And particularly where these devices have, you know, if you have a watch and a phone, for example, there's the opportunity to sort of get patterns and colors that match. Under normal circumstances, I would have just said, oh, it doesn't matter. It's a case, it's just a case or whatever. But I was in the store buying my X a couple of weeks back and looked over and I'd already bought a blue case online and it was just like boggo standard. Yes, I always have blue, click, click, done. 
I was like, oh, there's a new purple one and it's really nice. And it's, you know, for me, it was like, oh, it's my old university colours and things like that. And I just for a moment got sucked into the, oh, that's really nice. I'll just get that instead. And so actually, I think there's a great opportunity here for, you know, sort of just nice to have things, you know. Yeah. People won't always spend £30 buying a case just because it's a nice colour, it's got a nice pattern. But actually, Christmas is about treats, things that people wouldn't always get for themselves for pure utility value. I was going to mock you gently for turning up one week with one colour case and the next week you've got a different colour. It's kind of a Cadbury's purple. It is, exactly. It's very, very nice, but you're spot on. African violet. Okay, African violet. But yes, (laughs) the matching between uh, watch straps and case as well, I've seen a lot of that. And yeah, it's easy to be quite dismissive of it, but when the phones all look identical, frankly, you know, half the population in the UK has the same phone, having a bit of distinction and standing out, you know, fashion is big business for a reason. And it yeah. feels like, particularly with phones being so samey and actually a need to protect them to some extent, at least when they're very expensive investments, I think that's actually a, a really good Christmas gift guide. And also, you know, if you want to do that in terms of vouchers or say to someone, I'll, I'll buy you your next case and buy you the spring collection or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic recommendation. I also now have different cases for different purposes, and I never really thought that this would be a thing that I remotely cared about. But if I'm going out in the garden, then I throw a really heavy-duty case on it. If I'm going to work, I put a smart one on it. If I'm going out for a day with the family, and I'm going to take loads of photos. I mean, I don't have a battery case for the X anymore, but when I had the 7, I had a battery case. And so it's getting to the point where it's beginning to be something that you do more, you know, you, you change on cases. a regular basis. Yes. Mm. So I think it's a, it's, it's a nice gift. And again, you know, if you have an iPhone, particularly the Apple ones are a bit pricey, but they're excellent quality and, uh, and, a, and a great range of colors. Listen what to we me, talking about I am a fashion guru. Wow. Okay, you are. Aren't they about £69 or something? Not the silicon ones. And actually, I recommend the silicon ones over the leather ones. You can get a silicon one for in the 30s, if memory serves. Okay. 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 I want to talk very quickly as well about smart girls. What? Pardon? S-M-A-R-T-G-U-R-L-Z. So, bear with me now. Okay. Is there a young person in your life, a young lady particularly, perhaps a tween or an early teenager? No. No. Okay. Well, there is in our lives my niece, and <laughs> right. we talked about our. This is the poor deer that you bought. You said have a. <laughs> I knew this was coming. Flipping, uh, um, have a tablet, Android tablet. Let's gloss over that. She's now equipped with the iPad. I think we all agree she deserves. Has she actually forgiven mm. you? I don't think she knows. Just so, if you're a new listener, what happened here is we had a debate probably about four or three or four years ago, three years ago minimum about the best uh, tablet to buy a, a niece or nephew. And it was Christmas recommendations, actually, wasn't it? Yes. It was a Christmas recommendation, and you said, no, a 49 tablet will do her fine. I said, no, 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 she'll want an iPad. And it was a much yeah. more nuanced and complex discussion than that, Ewan. But yeah, no, she basically didn't use it, I presume, or screwed Smith. Actually, Ewan, <laughs> it pains me deeply to say it, but you were right, which is she did use it loads, but it was Samsung, so it broke really quickly. and then was consigned to the bin because it was irreparable. And so then she got an iPad. Anyways, she now has an iPad. And like most people, when we're thinking about buying her presents, I'm really trying to resist the temptation to just buy pink and girly stuff because she's a really smart young lady, does, you know, really well at school. She's very switched on. She deserves to, you know, kind of have access to all range of toys and stuff. And so I thought it'd be really nice to get her something that was fun, but also kind of, shared some of the 
the things I enjoyed with her about sort of IT and, and, and technology particularly. So right. Smart Girls is a doll on what I would describe like a Segway. And it links okay. up to the iPad and you can either, at a very basic level, you can issue instructions and the Segway kind of device moves around like a remote control car, but then you go through different stages. And effectively, what you can do is you can learn to do basic programming this way in terms of issuing instructions. And if this happens, then do this or go forwards this far and then this way and this way. It's like radio control car equivalent that you can program. It's like a radio control car over Bluetooth. But the key thing is because you're doing it from your iPad, you write programs for this thing mm. to execute. And I don't know if when you were growing up, and I'm going to properly show my age now, do you remember Big Track? No. Rafe does too young. No. Nope. Do you remember Big Track? No, you've got, you, you've got to be much older to. Uh, you are not. You, you are, I'm not that much older <laughs> than you. In fact, like. Literally. Well, if you look at the hair, clearly you're younger than him. Well, I know. One of us is aged poorly. Um, anyways. Thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Lots of love. Happy Christmas. Yeah. Big Track was a big plastic truck with a tipping back, and you pressed buttons on the top of it to write programs about how it should move. And you'd say, go forwards, go forwards, go forwards, go left, go left, go right, go right, tip up, pick up this thing, come back. And it was the beginnings of tools for people getting children interested in technology and programming because you would write the program on the actual top of the device. And this is just a modern day equivalent of that, except you write programs for this toy on the iPad, send them to the toy, and then it does them. And you can write either very simple programs or it can get a bit more complicated. And it's a small UK startup. They're interested in making you know science technology toys for children and particularly making sure that girls are you know included in that and technology isn't just seen as thing for boys. We've bought one for her as a Christmas present. All the reviews wow. are very positive. You know, it's great. It's a fun thing as well as something you can learn from. And uh, it might actually give her uh, you know, an opportunity to at least maybe build confidence with making technology do what she wants or possibly even something a bit further than that. So smart That's girls. really cool. Really cool. I do like the idea of presents like that. And actually, there's quite a few things that you can add on to the iPad. One that caught my eye. You can also work with a smartphone. It's basically a remote control paper aeroplane in that you can ha- you have a normal paper aeroplane, but then it's got a kind of a small motor and some oh, aerons built idea. into it. And, you know, yeah. it's one of those Christmas Day activities that you can very quickly get up and running using. And in that case, it's sort of more about the mechanics of building something and understanding flight. But I really love the fact that there are smartphones being used as kind of an educational medium. Yet I would have been delighted to get a present. You know, it's the equivalent, I guess, of getting Lego or something like Meccano but, you know, with an added element to it. Um, so those kind of presents are really good. I, I've got one that's a bit more of a high-risk present strategy. Go ahead. Oh, go on. Robot vacuum cleaners. Because buying a vacuum cleaner for Christmas Ooh. could go very badly wrong. When you say could, I'm just trying to picture which one of the loved ones in your family is going to receive the vacuum cleaner and, and we're going to have to sort of restrain from beating you with it. But mm. if you're buying a robot vacuum cleaner, I think that's okay because you're kind of taking away the tedium of having to do that work. And there's something just very on-trend about automation and robots. You know, okay, it's not Boston <laughs> Dynamics doing a backflip. <laughs> mother, mother, this is on-trend. <laughs> mother, you, your house is filthy. <laughs> Honestly, robot vacuum cleaners are one of those things that until you try it, you don't appreciate how you great they one. are. I have one of the uh, Roomba 650s and you just set it to be scheduled to run. And, you know, you can get models that built into the smart home that will go when you leave or you can give an Alexa command mm. to. But 
this is one that you just set up on a schedule. It will run around the house for an hour or so, and then you have to still empty the bin, which you know you have to remember to do that. So it's not completely automated. What do the staff think of it? But it's one of those chores that no one really likes. And I have to admit, I thought, yeah, there's no way that this is a thing. This isn't a good idea. Once you uh, have it, you become a convert. It's one of those bits of technology. And you go and read the reviews online and you think all these weirdos have named their vacuum cleaner, they've given it a nickname, but you can't help but sort of go, oh yeah, Roomba is, is off doing the, uh, the vacuuming. I think it's particularly interesting now because the cost where they were sort of seven, eight hundred pounds, a seriously big investment, they've actually now come down to around the 250 mark, especially if you get one on a good deal. I'd probably avoid the really budget ones at around 150, but the Roomba 650, there's a similar one from UFI, again, the kind of anchor smart home brand, a couple of other companies, and they really do the job well. And what surprised me most about it was it actually did a better job of vacuuming than I did, the amount of stuff it was picking up, even after what I would perceive to be a clean floor. So there's something quite cool about robotics, automation. Yes, it's sort of getting rid of someone's job. You know, that's all the thing that's going to be a big thing in the next few years. Yeah, maybe a bit of a high-risk Christmas present, but I think you'd be surprised. And I think you win brownie points for it later on, perhaps a slight bit of grumpiness on Christmas Day. Yun, any more for you? I'm still a big fan of the Arlo. I just wanted to highlight them. Uh, you know, yeah. if, if, if there's someone in your life that likes the smart home and would like the idea of a camera for monitoring a pet or you keep an eye on a house. I do have a new use case for Arlo, which... Go on. May or may not have been happening on the Blanford estate. I'll deny all knowledge of it if I'm asked about this, okay? But you can put an Arlo in the owl box, and it's a great way of being able to watch the owl. Through the what? Sorry, the sorry. Owl Step box. back. Yeah, I mean... O-W-L. Yeah, like as in barn owls, because, you know, they live in barns. And, you know, obviously when you're you know, doing boxes. something like that, you, you build a barn owl box. And you, you can see them coming in and out. And anyone who's seen a barn owl flying, it's, wow, it's amazing, because they're silent flyers. People mistake them for ghosts for good reason. And there is something very majestic. And without getting all too David Attenborough on it, but being able to see them in the box and then being able to see if they're raising owlets, I think it's one of those things that actually a lot of people kind of want to do this. It's being able to observe wildlife and you could easily use it in a bird box or anything else. It makes it dead easy to stick a camera pretty much anywhere. And, you know, there do to be some range issues and I know that's something we've all had when we've been playing about with this but actually I was just sort of impressed how easy it was to get this up and running and then of course you know you can log in anytime you want and get a snapshot a little video of the owl and the little owlets so anyone who's got an owl living in their barn highly recommended put your hand up uh, that really does speak to our core demographic yeah I thought so technology enthusiast <laughs> barn owners now, if you don't happen to have a barn uh, nearby across the road, or if you don't have an owl with its owlets nearby, I just would recommend the Arlo. It, it is easy. You do need to be, I think, a, a slight techie to set it up. So it's the kind of thing you would do for your parents or a friend or family or whatever. Again, it, this one is a bit expensive as well. What's the entry level for an Arlo? Is it 180? Yeah, sort of about 200, 250 you're looking at. And then goes up from there when you get the kind of multiple cameras, which you probably do want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So can I jump in then with another slightly lower budget? Absolutely. The Tile Sport. Oh, good one, yeah. Are those any good? You would have heard of the Tile. This is a little square key ring size gizmo that um, has been on the market for a while now. Tile have just launched a new version of the product called the Sport. It 
has a longer range and a louder sound, which is all you know very good because it addresses some of the criticisms of the earlier product. But the sport designation, you'd think, ah, oh, do I really want something gaudy looking or chunky? But actually, I think they've they haven't done the name any favors. It's grey metal. My wife and I both have one, but I think I'll be buying some as, as Christmas gifts. In the UK, fifty pounds for two, so twenty five pounds a unit. It's not a particularly extravagant gift. It's super useful. Put it on your wallet, your keys, your bag, or anything that you lose regularly. Works really well both ways. You can make the device play a tune from your handset and find it, or alternatively, you can double tap the button on the device and it will force your phone to ring even if it's on silent. So perhaps if you lose your phone regularly, that's a really handy thing. Super useful and one of those things where on the occasion that you lose your keys, as we had a bit of a a lost car keys incident in our house recently, one of those things that is a massive relief and really unobtrusive while it's there. The tiles sometimes get criticised for not having replaceable batteries, but actually it makes for a really nice watertight unit. They work really well and there is a replacement program. And also, frankly, it means there's a, some, you could buy another one next year if you need to as another gift. So that would be my suggestion. So I've also got a question to ask you, Ben. Mm. At Christmas time, when you've got lots of family in the house, there tends to be a bit of a run on the family Wi-Fi. So can you offer up any solutions for this, knowing that I think you've been thinking about this particular problem? Well, Rafe, it's funny you should ask that, and the answer is no. Ah. <laughs> but we can expand on that. So You want some fibre, Ben? Get some well, fibre. Well, I want some fibre. But actually... What we struggle with in our house is Wi-Fi coverage, particularly the guest bedrooms do suffer a little bit from Wi-Fi coverage because we simply haven't bothered to check whether it works particularly well, but then you have a house full of people with iPads and things and it, it's something you're always thinking about. It has to work. Yeah. So let's just rattle off a couple of the products that will help solve that. I, I confess at this mm. stage, I'm not at the gift recommendation stage, but here's some things you might want to check out, perhaps as a gift for yourself in advance of people coming for Christmas. Eero, who are the brands that get lots of podcast coverage in the States, by all accounts are excellent, but aren't available in the UK. So we have to uh, ignore them straight away. So let's talk about some brands. There's the Netgear Orbi range. There's the TP-Link Deco M5. Yep. There's the Linksys range and indeed BT offer a set of devices as well. They've got their one. What about Google Wi-Fi? And indeed Google Wi-Fi which actually... I've been looking at those. You get some reasonable reviews. My view on Google is I wouldn't have it in the house. Afraid I flat out don't trust them to do the right thing in the way that I do with Apple in terms of making good decisions about my privacy and the integrity of their service. But if you don't share that view, and I know many people don't, then consider it. The interesting thing to think about with these is that in nearly all cases, you trade off speed on a single Wi-Fi connection for availability of that connection across a broader range of of the home. And some of these Mm. devices like the Orbi use back channels and things like that, or secondary channels to make sure that you're not sharing the airwaves with the traffic being routed back to some base station. But in nearly all cases, when you look at the in-depth tests, they suffer in some respect, perhaps over long distances or under heavy use or those sorts of things. So the other thing you could consider as well is simply upgrading your home router to one of the models that is festooned with aerials and just have a single base station, but with much greater coverage. I have to say at the moment, mm. the ones that appeal to me would be the Netgear Orbeez. They seem to be getting reasonable feedback, not perfect, but at the better end of the scale. But also the Unify product as well, which is a little bit more techy. It's a little bit more kind of prosumer range, 
But if you're listening mm. to this podcast, it's likely that you would be interested enough to be able to learn how to make them work and really customize your Wi-Fi solution. And certainly it's something I'd like to get. We frequently have problems with our smart home kit falling off the Wi-Fi network. I've moved as much of it over to Z-Wave as I could, but not everything will do. And uh, next summer when we're bringing our streaming speakers out onto the uh, patio to have a nice barbecue outside, I'm pretty sure the Wi-Fi won't reach there either. Okay, oh, we haven't had enough jokes. Quick Christmas joke. Oh, let's do some. All right. Ray Flanford, do you want to go first? What do you call a bunch of chess players bragging about their games in a hotel lobby? I don't know. Chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. Yeah, I've got one. What do you call a blind reindeer? No idea. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, old and classic, that one. Sorry. Why did no one bid for Rudolph and Blitzen on eBay? I don't know. They were too dear. What's King Wenceslas' favourite pizza? Yeah, these are these are old. It's deep and crisp and even. It is, it is. And what do you get if you cross a Christmas cracker with a duck? A Christmas cracker. Yeah, see, Rafe, I, uh, I'd yeah. like to think I apply a very basic level of quality control on the jokes on this show. And uh, yeah. oh, well, I don't. Hmm. <laughs> Why did the pony have to gargle? Because he was a little horse. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, oh no! I'm sorry oh, about this, dear. everyone. It is Christmas time, so I just want to know, Rafe, are you making some sausage rolls? I am making some sausage rolls because I know that's important to you. It is important to me. Also, cheese straws, treacle tarts. Wow, okay. Mm. I would like at one point, Rafe, to join you with some sausage rolls. I was going to say to taste your sausage. It's not the right. (laughs) I'm quite curious as to how you make them and what meat you put in. Uh, Well, the meat comes from um, a local farm and make the pastry myself because obviously that that gives you the best results. Um, but you take this thing gets taken very seriously in Sussex. And I guess I'll just give up and call it the Blanford Estate. You know, might as well join the club. Christmas is taken. <laughs> you know, obviously, there's lights strung all over the place. And uh, lots of people get invited into the main house as well. Peasants roasting on an open <laughs> farm in the main house. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Any final Christmas gift recommendations? I'm going to jump in with one. Again, another low cost one. Anchor do an amazing range of accessories. We bang on about them repeatedly on the show. They're available from mm-hmm. Amazon. One particular one I want to recommend, the Anchor Soundcore Bluetooth speaker. It yeah, is £30, which is, you know, sort of practically throwaway money. It's really capable Bluetooth speaker. It's not the best sound quality, but it's good enough for £30. Be great for listening to music around the house over Christmas. But actually, once you've had the fun of listening to Christmas music, around the house or the convenience of bringing it on holidays. It also has hands-free speaker in it and that sort of thing. Throw it in the laptop bag when you go to work and have a decent conference call from your mobile phone rather than gathering around your phone and shouting into it when there's no rooms free, as many of us who go to office environments often struggle with that sort of thing. It's really, really handy. It's small, it's discreet. It's the sort of thing you can keep in the cupboard for emergencies, charges up well, and for 30 quid, it's a really nice gift that's going to be proved useful time and time again. And the Anchor stuff is the right type of budget. It's yeah. intelligent made choices about keeping the price down and keeping the quality well, high. And in that vein, I would also recommend the Anchor Qi wireless charger, which is about £20 or so on Amazon. Obviously, it'll now work with the iPhone X, the Apple Watch Series 3, and if you get one of the, and the new iPhone cases. 8. And indeed, the iPhone 8, but more importantly, most of the leading Android devices, so things like the Samsung S8 as well, 
And wireless charging is one of those things that once you start using it, you find it very beneficial to have these kind of chargers around the place, you know, on your desk, maybe on your bedside table, one in the kitchen. And it's great just being able to keep your battery topped up. And there's a, a friend of the show who I'm sure you'll know who it is when I say this. It's ABC Always Be Charging. Yes, indeed. Always be charging. And uh, it's a motto we live by. Can I jump in with a, an anchor thing as well? And if you are looking for something for a person who's got everything, have they got a battery? Massive fan of Anchor. You cannot go wrong, I think, if you're looking for a present for someone, and even if they're not a geek or a techie, if you buy them an Anchor battery, yeah, a 5,000, an 8,000 um, mAh MH one, and an iPhone cable or a you know, USB, I think that is a gift. I have had lots of success buying that for normal mobile people. They just, yeah, it's, they keep it in your bag or your briefcase or your whatever really useful indeed and if you want to make yourself particularly popular get one that is quick charge 3 compatible particularly for android fans because that will mean they'll be able to use fast charging on their phone if you're looking at the iphone 7 8 or 10 you need to look at usb power delivery or pd and that will enable fast charging as well although in the case Mm. of the iphone you may also need to pick up a usb-c to lightning cable as well it starts getting quite expensive but the difference between being able to get up to 50% battery charge in 30 minutes versus 20% makes a, a really big one. And actually, it's boring, but it's one of those things that people will really appreciate for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yep. If you're um, looking for secret Santa gifts, as we often are around this time of year, check out the Moo plugs, M-U plugs. Yeah. They're the ones that fold down conveniently and provide USB charging, both tablet and standard grade charging from a little device. and obviously. UK plugs suffer from being wide because they have the three pin solution. This one folds the pins sideways and goes right down into a bag. They're very cheap now, particularly if you buy them as uh, multi-packs as I often do, and then put them in the cupboard for ad hoc gifts for people. Again, not glamorous, but one of those things where you will be thanked time and time again as somebody reaches in their bag and has a USB charger to hand when they need it. They're fantastic gifts. I remember last year I did a Secret Santa, I think it was, and I was able to get three, I think I managed to get three Anchor iPhone cables for this chap as one for tenner. And everybody else went, oh, what's that? That's useless. You know, that's not very fun. Well, I wasn't buying fun. I was, I, And I think he deeply, deeply appreciated that, right? Because you can't have too many official iPhone cables. All right. Or equivalent. Yeah. All right, Ben, last Christmas joke. Go on then. Yeah. No, it, I was a- asking for one for you. You've sneered at mine, so I'm not going to try again. Okay. Yeah, go on, Ben. Go on. Well, the anticipation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Just basically, I had a little list, but I basically look at the ones I've done. <laughs> okay, it's not a joke, Rafe, but it's just a little bit of a point of order. I was just thinking back to my university career, mm-hmm. and um, it's really irritating me that actually Binary 101 wasn't the fifth class I took. Yeah, okay, that's quite good and very geeky as well. Uh, there you go. Very good. Extra points for that. I think it probably only remains for us to say... Uh, Happy Christmas to everyone, because we really yeah, do appreciate Christmas. you uh, tuning in. And after all this time, you're continuing to listen to the three of us warble on. And particularly at this time of year, I think it gives us a warm, glowing feeling inside. Ooga, ooga. So, exactly, exactly. So despite appearances, we do actually really appreciate you uh, listening. We do appreciate each other, <laughs> at least most of the time. I'm not sure I always get <laughs> that impression. I just want to say a very happy Christmas and thank you everyone for listening because we really do appreciate it. Yes, this is three idiots mostly having fun to entertain ourselves, but 
the number of people that write <laughs> in and say uh, you enjoy listening along is uh, is overwhelming. That's so thank lovely. you very much. Lovely. It's always something we'll do for our own enjoyment, uh, but uh, the fact that it's uh, it has some value beyond that has been really useful. Hmm. If you've got your own Christmas gift suggestions, it'd be great to have them. And any uh, really interesting or unusual ones, we'll uh, put it on Twitter and retweet. If you're looking for any last ideas, obviously the other thing is Christmas isn't always about gifts and money. What you can do this Christmas time is to help somebody with a technology problem they might have, help them make sure their devices are secured, updated, recommend them an app. And actually, it's surprising how much of a difference to someone's life you can make by recommending a better way to use something they already have. And yeah, uh, yeah. many family members will appreciate this time of year, and it's something that can be done cost-free. So with a smile. With a smile, particularly if you're feeling the pressure. So um, I think... Uh, I'll be looking at which apps and services I could recommend to family members over the new year. You could even offer, you say, I haven't got your present this year, but what I'm going to do is spend an hour sorting your phone out for you. Some people would probably really value that. Well, you, McLeod, I know you're good for a present, but uh, for an, in every other case, yes, I think that's great. <laughs> As ever, we want to say thank you to Mark at audiowrangler.co.uk for editing this episode and a very happy Christmas to you, Mark, as well. Thank you to everyone at Digitas LBI for provision of the recording facilities. You can get us at 361podcast on Twitter. You can email us through the website 361podcast.com or you can even comment on the blog post there. We will be back in the new year with our next episode all about our cryptocurrency challenge and a little bit of update of how that is going. So we will be back soon. Have a lovely Christmas. Happy Christmas. Bye-bye. What says O-O-O? I don't know. Father Christmas walking backwards. I'm going to stop the tape now. Okay.